Hi, thanks for downloading the podcast. Before we get started, I would just like to advise that there is some swearing in this episode. You have been warned. Hello, and welcome to the Azarian podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, Liam's back again after a few weeks off. Yeah. Welcome back. Yeah. I'm good. I'm also joined by the magnificent Mr. Brody. Hi. And uh, I'm Brian. Hi, Brian. Hi, Dave. It's good to see you back at the rehab clinic. Yes, well, I came off the tracks a little bit during the week. How many weeks have you been clean now, Brian? Zero. Oh, my God. This is going to be a long road. It's a dirty it's, road. It's, it's a long road to getting, getting off of the hook of video games, which is what this podcast is about. Thank you for getting that back on track. Video games. Video games. Um, Anyone been playing anything fun? Um, I've been playing... Tomb Raider 2, like I mentioned earlier to you. <laughs> so I've been playing the PC version, which is a bit of a, a bit of a bastard to get to run on current consoles, or current systems, sorry. Um, so, um, it's it's not, there's like the very first Tomb Raider game is designed to run on DOSBox, or mm-hmm. DOS, as it was at the time. Tomb Raider 2 did work on Windows 95 systems, but it's obviously quite archaic and dated, so there's a lot of fixes and workarounds you have to do, but yeah. I've got it running, like, on widescreen 1018 and that kind of thing now um, yeah it's, it's aged pretty well like obviously graphically it's quite dated and that kind of thing, but like the precise controls are still there yeah um, like I was mentioning earlier um, it's good to like have a character you have total control over which you don't really see anymore um, like the way that you control how like obviously a lot of a lot of the like a puzzles and to me that involve jumping and manoeuvring around the level in specific ways and you yeah. have to control that I mean, it, it would be called tank controls now, but I'd probably associate some like Resident Evil maybe with tank controls. Lara's, uh, well, to me, there's precise controls. True. Um, which you don't really get in the new games, but yeah, that's what I've been playing. When you talk about precise controls, is it in the sense that you can kind of interrupt character animations to, to change direction and stuff? Or I don't know. It's more like um, with current games or like current adventure games, like, um, for example, Uncharted or The Last of Us, Things are very instance dependent on player environment. Like right. it's all kind of procedural, not procedural, but like it's dependent contextual. on c- contextual. That's the word I'm looking for. Whereas that wasn't the case. There was no contextual. Well, there was contextual events, but like they were much, much more scaled back. Mm. It was all about like you have to perform actions in a specific manner to get Lara to do this thing, and there's a much higher sense of achievement related to that. I feel. Um, so that's what I meant by that. Yeah. So. Cool. Uh, how about you, Liam? Have you been playing much? Or? I've been playing a few games. I've been playing Chrono Trigger. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been playing Skyrim. And I've been playing Overwatch. Mm. Still. More so Overwatch. You haven't started to hate it yet? No. Or, or start to hate it again yet? Oh, no. it's a fun game. They've been playing it. Yeah, They've started playing game. the free weekend. Yeah. Are so you guys playing on PC or no, PS4? No, uh, PS4. Sweet. Um... Some people look down on it, but... It's genuinely fun. It plays fine, and there's differences, and you can prefer one over the other. Mm. And I'm sure if you've played the PC one going over to the PlayStation 4 one, it isn't as good. It'd be a difficult whatever. transition, I think, with the yeah. controls. But if you've only ever played it on the PlayStation 4, it makes no difference. Yeah. We should so. um, shout Ash as well, because she plays, but she hasn't yeah. been on in a while. Yeah, I think, uh, I think we may have spoken 
a couple of podcasts ago. Yes. When I first played it, so I won't go into too much about Overwatch. Yeah, we, we spoke a bit about uh, BlizzCon last week as well. Yeah. yeah. It was a smart move of Blizzard to not allow cross-platform play, I think, because it keeps... Because obviously playing by a pad on a, on a FPS versus playing mouse and keyboard. Yes. I wouldn't... Probably mouse and keyboard players are going to be better innately. I don't think it's... No, it's not a better... It's not better. It's like they're just playing with a different yeah. setup. Like, it's a different... Um, it'd be like saying, is somebody on a lightweight like sports bike a better cyclist than somebody cycling on a heavier bike? Yeah, like, they're not right. a better cyclist. They've just got a better equipment. So levels the of only thing that yeah. matters is making sure everyone's on a level playing field. And uh, that's why the separation. Of yeah, the platform watch on better, the PC yeah. is definitely a faster game because yeah. you've got you know people are. Twitch or play with the mouse yeah. and stuff, yeah. Whereas on PlayStation 4, it's less so, but as long as the level, like the playing field's level, it doesn't make a big yeah, difference. Yeah, absolutely. It's a good game. Cool. And I've, I've just been continuing to swear at the screen, like you guys heard me earlier playing Dark Souls 3, just trying to get through it on. Well, we were there giving you moral support. No, Liam was just. Well, we were berating you, yeah. yeah. We, were, we were slating you. Use your rules. Use rolls and attack the enemy. That's throw, how you play Dark Souls. Throw rolls at the enemy. Throw throw bread rolls. Sometimes throw the rolls, but throw the rolls are really nice and you want to keep them. Yeah. Uh, burger rolls, maybe, that depends on if they're seeded or not. I'll get there. A lot of it's just kind of getting used to the Steam controller, um, mm. which I'm still un- uncertain about, but I'm getting there. I tried it at the Steam controller. Just you did? Which was not bad. I could see myself, if a bit more practice, maybe getting used to playing on that. I'm yeah. enjoying it. I, I am getting used to it. It's still a bit funny for like precise camera movement, but... I wasn't a fan of it, but I think I talked about that last week. You did? Yeah. Yeah, you tried out Doom 3 last week as well. Doom 4. Sorry, it is, yes. Doom. Oh my god. Doom. Yeah, Doom, sorry. Doom. Um, cool. Uh, so I quickly want to touch on the competition that I held at the end of the last podcast. Oh, yeah. Um, so we, we did our uh, poorly remembered game quote... Uh, quiz again and uh, last week the quote was had to have been me anyone else might have got it wrong any of you guys know what that is or did any of you know what it was before I know what it is now but I, I don't I, I don't know what it is at the time no. okay so uh, one one listener did get it right I wonder who it was I wonder, it was our one listener Steve oh my god <laughs> and here's the quote just now I'm sorry I'm not had to be me Someone else might have gotten it wrong. Steve messaged me after the show to correctly state that the quote is from Morden Solis from Mass Effect 3. I will have another poorly remembered game quote at the end of this show. I've got one. Good, it's your turn. Yeah. Sweet. Uh, so, moving on. Um, Dave, I think you're going to lead the charge this week again. Yeah, but uh, with the, the very heavily prepared podcast we have this week. <laughs> um, no, but like I've got... I don't know, Like I've been keeping this topic a bit secret because I don't know if... It's not like hugely surprising. It's just like I think it'd be a quite a nice talking point. Does anybody know that there is a new Sega Mega Drive coming out next year? Not really. New as in like one of these mini no, they're console re- type. No, they're producing the old console. Yeah, they? they're they're Tech Toy, who are the Brazilian licensee holder of Sega consoles, um, are legitimately rebuilding the actual Mega Drive. Okay, now you have my attention. In, in what capacity? Like, is it just going to be like a limited? Uh, limited run um, a collector piece 
Right. They're going to be about like the equivalent of one hundred and forty-five dollars. And will it play the original cartridges? Yes. Is it going to be exactly the same as the old console? They, it's not going to be exactly the same, but the the componentry they are going to get as close to the original components as possible. Will it have HDMI? AV only. That sounds really bizarre that they'd go like full original. Considering well, see the what I've I read up about on it on the bus in. Um, apparently, like up until very very recently, like one of the most popular consoles in Brazil is legitimately the Sega Mega Drive. Yeah. Is that, were, is that alongside the PS2, which is I still would, super I would presume popular. so, yeah. Uh, like, they were still selling like 15,000 units a year. Which version of the Mega Drive? I would imagine like, the Genesis Mark II or something like that. So um, the, the Mega Drive 2. Yeah, but like obviously the, you've got the um, the system on chip versions and all that kind of thing as well that sell after it, yeah. which I don't, know, I don't know if they would presumably consider that the same, But it's, yeah. even though it's not really. But, but this is not a system on a chip. It's not one of those ones you buy off Amazon for like 50 quid. Well, like yeah. The stupid Neo Geo things. It's not like a Neo Geo X, yeah, exactly. And is, is it, does it have any homebrew capabilities, mm. do you know? Is it... It can take an SD card. It does have an SD card slot built into it. That's okay, true. so well, I'll come back to that because I think that's quite interesting for, uh, an interesting point for indie developers. Mm. Um, but, wow. Mega Drive 2 was the shit one. Like, it looks Mega Drive 2 was the, the red and black one. I never thought I'd live to see the day that Sega would release another console. It's not like, really Sega. It's no, it's the, the. So have they, have they licensed it? Yeah, they've had the license for years. Yeah, right. So that's really interesting. Produced, no, but there's other things like um, was there not that Coleco Vision? The 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 Coleco Chameleon, yeah, uh, that was a a whole other thing. Yeah, basically, what that was this like you know there's there's consoles like the the Retron Five and stuff like that that are in Retron Five is the one that you can it's got multiple consoles in like one. Yeah. So, and you can just, it's got all the slots for the different cartridges. Okay. This basically emulates them. It is, it is a very, like, big emulator type thing. There's also a Japanese derivative that's bigger and more expensive and does more stuff. Um, I can't remember the name of it. Um, I think it might be something like the Retron 5. But the, the Coleco Chameleon originally started as the retro video game system. Right. Um, what it was meant to be was, it was meant to use a board called a field programmable gate array. I've only recently read up on these. Do you know what that is at all? No. Nope. Basically, it's like a, a, a pre-made board. Okay. And you can reconfigure the cores on it. And a lot of hobbyists do it. So they'll reconfigure the cores so that they will hardware emulate a specific system. So, like, um, they're very difficult to get working because you have to actually configure so that acts like actual hardware. Okay. Um. I think a couple of them work like I think there's a Mega Drive one and a, a NES one cores I mean uh, SNES still doesn't work because obviously there's mode 9 and different types of audio with SNES and all that kind of thing um, this, most of the hardware stuff goes over my head like uh, yeah I, I was never particularly attentive to the the specifications of each each console's hardware ne- neither am I I'm like only kind of vaguely aware of like because I know the SNES is a funny funny bugger of a system okay because a lot of like there was a lot of cartridges, especially in Japan and stuff. Liam might know about this as well. Like um, that, when you connected to the SNES, it would actually give the console more functionality. Yeah, because they would have like um, in is it the SNES or the the cart like the chip in the cart isn't actually the the chipboard or whatever isn't the full cart size, mm-hmm. and so you'd get bigger ones that have like like in inbuilt RAM yeah. or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Um, it's, it's almost like the N64 had its uh, RAM expansion slot so it could play some games but that's actually built S- similar to that yeah. was there ones that would do like different music yeah there was a couple of like that, that happened with the NES as well there was a couple of um, cartridges that would have like 
higher like quality music chips. So yeah. they would be able to output. I think it would allow you to have stuff. more channels. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. But yeah, the um, the retro VGS were meant to be like it was going to have a field programmable field programmable gate array with like nine consoles in it, which at the time was completely unheard of. Like mm-hmm. that's never been done before. Uh, but it all turned out to be a scam. Um, if you will allow me to like mention another podcast here, on this, yeah, yeah, of course. Um, if you go to uh, Pat the Nez Punk's podcast, Pat the Nez Punk, Pat the Nez Punk, it's called. They have a really great like. Uh, podcast on that also like the retro gaming and stuff that's really good cool. um, it's but called the completely unnecessary podcast I think yeah, it's called well, but they had like one episode where they were talking about the ColecoVision thing yeah like I said uh, there's a whole huge drama behind it so I would suggest going and looking at just type in Coleco Chameleon on YouTube I'll add a link in the post as well yeah I'll, I'll send you a link after I have a link to the playlist cool but yeah it's worth it's worth checking out but yeah the, the Mega Drive is um, the new Mega Drive by Tectoy is not that mm-hmm. it is the actual hardware of the Mega Drive so what what does that mean for games then? Does that mean that we we might see uh, games getting republished, or will there be a market it, for pre-owned be, games? It'll again? be uh, it won't be a a wide. It's not a wide release. Thing. No, it'll just be like a small run, limited for, run. Yeah. Well, they've already confirmed them. Um, Polygon were in touch with Tectoy about it, and um, they confirmed that they're not shipping outside Brazil. Right. Okay. So you will have to actually get a middleman in Brazil to get you this thing if you want it. Wow. I already have two Mega Drives. Yeah, exactly. So, so I've got Mega Drives on it as well. I don't know where mine is. I've got all my Mega Drive games here on the shelf, but I'm not entirely sure, sure where I've, I've left my console. I see Sonic and Sonic and Knuckles and Metal Sonic. Uh, they're, but one of them is a Master System because I had the, oh, ex- course, the expansion yeah. uh, port as well that let oh. you play Master System games on the Mega Drive. Oh, yeah. Oh, I remember that thing, yeah. Um, so it's quite handy. Uh, I say I've got all my Mega Drive games here. I've got my Sonic Mega Drive games here. I do have a lot more Mega Drive games wherever the console is. They're probably with it. Well, here's when you were talking about like homebrewing the games. That I know there is a small scene for developing games for now, older hardware. No, oh, it's, it's not Pure necessarily Solar even. The, is it Pure Solar and the Architects or whatever it's called? That the, was the a RPG, game yeah. that was developed, um, and I believe the original is that was it like remade or whatever. But it was yeah. it was was it the was it for the Mega Drive? Mega Drive, yeah. It was a an indie game that was developed, and I think they Kickstarter thing, and it came with like you could get it on a Sega cartridge, and play. Cool. That's a really vague wee thing. No, there was the, the, a good the, other people, people have done things like yeah. releasing games on uh, NES cartridges as well, yeah. and it's so it's it's not. Um, I guess it's not so much that it, so it can play on the hardware, but a lot of developers mm-hmm. like the limitations. Yeah, of like only a certain color palette or only uh, a certain number of audio channels because it's it actually sets yeah. them like uh, goals Bound and constraints to work with them. Yeah. Exactly. Is a so good example of that Shovel Knight was yeah. made to the constraints of the NES I think yeah they, so they made a couple of... they break a, a few rules but yeah. the rules they said are to if you there's a really great blog post by one of the devs where it goes into the um, sort of challenges and obstacles that they came across while trying to develop Shovel Knight and a few of the decisions that they made they made purely because they thought it would um, not to make it easier for themselves but because they thought it would be more it sort of evoke a more genuine feel to it mm, Yeah, which is weird so like they're saying we're breaking these rules but it's for a reason uh, and that's really interesting so the, the sound design and the colour palettes and everything were 
as true to the NES as possible. Yeah. It wasn't and, and developed for the NES, it was developed for... The for difficulty ins- level as well. Yeah. For instance, um, the uh, it's it's not... It's, it's widescreen, so mm. that's one thing that they did that would break with the limitations of the NES. Yeah. And then, but they were saying it, it brought up really interesting things, like um, the the HUD on certain uh, NES games... Mm-hmm were because of the way the sprites work and you only have so many layers that you can work with the HUD would be in the same layer as other things yeah. which is why you end up with things like in Super Mario Brothers where you can jump up above it and roll along and, and when you're firing it like whatever it messes up but they were talking about that so things like that and then also in I think in Shovel Knight all the bosses are on certain NES games if you wanted a large boss you would have to get rid of the background sprite because the bosses were the background the image yeah. oh. was the background that makes and so much sense because so, yeah. so many bosses in the, the NES games things like black background and stuff like Ra- that. Yeah. yeah yeah I yeah. think it's uh, Wrath of the Black Mantis was one yeah. of my favourites and I think the bosses in that were always on a lot of Mega Man bosses are like, like that as well because yeah. like, the only way to have a sprite like that large or whatever they yeah. had to get rid of the background and put it in there uh-huh. and so that's why in Shovel Knight all the bosses try and be a big boss on a very simple background to yeah. emulate that look. Oh, that's really cool. Um, and that's really just a really interesting way of like approaching game design is to instead of thinking like we can just do anything like and also if you look at like yeah. um, movies, you see examples where the limitation forces like innovation and, and art. You know, like yeah. Jaws is a famous example of like the limitations of what they could do resulted in this great film. So, um, people don't often think of that, like, in games it's always bigger and better. It, it forces you ever, yeah. to, to overcome certain challenges. So, yeah. like, it's, like, again, using films as an example, if you don't have dialogue, then yeah. you have to use uh, Visual, sort of. visuals to evoke emotion and to, like, get across a message of what's going on to tell a story. A good recent example would be Mad Max, which has very little dialogue. Yeah. In fact, there is, I think there is a version with no dialogue. Mm. Um, and a lot of that is like visual fidelity. I mean, that's one of the best looking films made in like the last yeah. two decades. Right, I mean, so. like, and there's the black and white version of Mad Max, which <clears> comes across just as well. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 about how it's uh, framed and how the uh, you know the film is directed. To yeah, um, the story. To continue on from the thing of like um, games being made for old systems and constraints and all that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Now, obviously, this is a bit of a weird one, but I thought I'd mention it because I found this out the other day, and it ties in. Um, do you know how there was the hardware for the Super Nintendo PlayStation found the other year? Yeah. Um, there is a game that's been developed for that. Right. Called Super Boss Gaiden. It's an indie game because, like, what happened recently was um, they sent the actual hardware, the guys that own it, well, own it, that's a sort of um, strange term, but they do own it. Um, they had a hardware expert dump the BIOS and the BIOS was then, like, provided for free. Because, obviously, like, neither Sony or Nintendo claimed to own it. Um, so, some French or German guys now own... Well, now developed a game for that system that doesn't really exist. Okay. So, it's effectively the first game developed for a console that doesn't really actually exist. Um, but, yeah, it's like a full game. Um, it came out this year, I think, in June. Um Obviously, like theoretically, if, I don't think it's been tried in hardware before, right? And um, because obviously, like there is only one of those systems in the world that we know of. Um, 
So they've not tried it, but theoretically that would work on a Super Nintendo PlayStation. Yeah. So that's an interesting little fact. It's a weird story of how he got it as well, isn't it? Yeah. It's like in his, it's like some company that is unrelated to Sony or Nintendo, they found it like in one of their offices. I think like one of the companies had approached them to. It was like a buyout or something like yeah. that, or um, and the the hardware. They never the company never actually ended up working on anything to do with it. They just had this kit lying around. Yeah. Um, and it was lying there for like two decades. Yeah. And nobody did anything with it. But like, was it before then? Nobody was really sure if it actually ever existed. Yeah, there was only ever photos of what may or may not have been a real prototype. It's like finding, I don't know. It's it's huge. Like I don't know. Like nobody seemed to talk about it at the time, but like it's legitimate video game history, and hardly anybody talked about it. It was yeah. really depressing. Like that nobody really seemed to give a shit about it. I suppose like, if it was like such an abstract thing, you know, if yeah. it, was, it was never really announced or anything. No news ever hit the mainstream about it. It's like if there's only one console, what do you compare it to? It's like how they found those yeah. ET carts. It's like video game archaeology. Although I have my yeah. um, I have my suspicions about the ET thing. Oh yeah. It came like the whole thing came across too promotional. Like it was all documented. Yeah, um, and it, ra- it, it rather was than like any accidents or like any pre documentation. Yeah, oh yeah, I heard about that. Yeah. And the whole thing was um, was it not Microsoft that dug them up or something. Was it? Was it? Yeah, or something like that. So it all came across like, oh, maybe they just buried. Some... Was it Atari themselves that worked on the game? And uh, no, one guy. I don't know. It was. What was it? Maybe was, was it Atari? published by Atari though? Or... Because I know it was one guy, but I think he was yeah. going to be working in Atari at the time. Or it was this the, the the guy that worked on ET was expected to pump out games every three weeks. Yeah, like yeah. he was supposed to put out a new game. And ET itself isn't like you look at it now and you go, "That's a terrible game." But like um, it, games of that era were kind of a bit like that. Oh yeah, like yeah. hard yeah, to. It's, it's, it was like BBC Micro stuff. Yeah, like <laughs> sort of the game not, not relevant to the movies. A bit hard to decipher. It's like the fuck you supposed to be doing. Like that's how you see. Like I know it was not a great game yeah. at the time, but like also it's not. It wasn't the reason the game market failed or anything. It was just a, it was <laughs> symptomatic of it. Uh, yeah, yeah. But like the whole thing just came across like too convenient, too. I, I like it's I mean, conspiracy theory stuff, I, but I'm like, yeah. I could see them going like, wouldn't it be great if we found the ET cartridges yeah, in the desert? But we could just make some and bury them. At, at the same time, though, I mean, no, it was only twenty years ago or something. They were oh no, I know, yeah, buried. Yeah. So it's 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 but, reasonable that there are records and stuff to show oh, where, where this stuff was done. But um, and they did. They found other. You can. They found other carts under there. So when you're buying them on, they auctioned them off. You could buy another cart that was buried with the ET carts. Sure. Because they buried a bunch of stuff there. They were just like trashing it because nobody was buying any of it. Yeah. But. So um, jumping back briefly to constraints in game development. Yeah. Like, I, I won't like bore you guys too much because I know that game dev isn't necessarily something that you're particularly interested in. It's probably not something that the majority of people listening can get behind. But I mean, when we talk about like, I mean, as much as you're talking about games, like it does tie in with that like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so anyway um there's a device that was recently kickstarted called the pico no the pocket chip right which yeah. is it's a weird um i think it's like an arduino board or something um in a small touch screen um device attached to it and a full um quarter keyboard mm-hmm. it's a very ugly looking device like it's a raw circuit board no there's no silicon buttons on this keyboard it's mm-hmm. like the actual chip itself um, 
but it, it makes use of a, an application called Pico 8, which I, again, I don't know if you guys have heard of. Pico 8 is a, it's almost like a, an emulator or an engine. Um, and a lot so, of people, that's the one. All right. Um, so I'll, I'll post a, a picture of it in the, the show notes as well. It's pretty cool looking. It looks like a black, but that's weird. It's quite handy. I mean, it's, it's the kind of thing like, maybe I guess consumers can get behind it because you could probably put your own ROMs on it or something mm. or like replay stuff it's maybe it, having used it myself it's not the most comfortable um, no if you're going to do that there's piece of hardware options. Yeah. it's a hobby thing it's a hobbyist yeah thing. but de- developers can grab this um, yeah. and completely uh, code their own games on it like it, there's all, all the tools are available to make your own sprite sheets uh, to code and to to play the games on this That's device cool. so it's pretty cool and again like so the it offers, I think it's similar constraints to the, the NES. Yeah. Um, Pico yeah, it looks very much like a NES. Pico 8, that is. Um, so I, I've, a lot of people that go to like the the dev meets, or not maybe not a lot, but a few people that go to the dev meets in Edinburgh um, recently have been showing me stuff they've been working on. And it's it seems like a pretty cool piece of kit and a nice piece of software to accompany it. It's called Super Handy Fun Computer, according <laughs> to this. That's what it says on their website, Super Handy Fun Computer. The Pocket Chip? Yeah, um, on their promotional image, it's called Pocket Chip, and under that it's called the Katakana, which is Pocket to Chipo. No, sorry, no, sorry, Pocket to Chipu. Okay. And Super Handy Fun Computer, and it's got the Linux penguin on it. Cool. So there you go. That looks, no, that looks pretty cool. Like, if I, if I had any, like, I mean, like, obviously everybody that has any interest in the game would love to develop their own game, but if I had any, like, per, like technical skill at it, I would like to have one. I mean, I'd like to have one in general, but I know that like having no skill in developing games, I go, I don't have any use for this. Mm. But like, if I had any, like, I'd be well into like making things. I think for, cool. for me, it's kind of the same. Like, obviously, I've, you guys know I've tried to uh, get more involved in the dev scene recently, and I'm trying mm-hmm. to do my own stuff. But I think starting out for me, because I have a PC, mm-hmm. I want to work with the most simple tools and I feel that if I bought this it would just be a case of buying it because it's cool or buying it for the aesthetic yeah. and it would be just another thing that I, I could get um, distracted by Yeah. rather than just like having at it and using whatever I've got just now to... it seems like something that's like built for something that already knows kind of what they're doing yeah um, de- de- definitely it's like I mean the guys that have picked uh, the guys that I know of that have picked one up like have been uh-huh. developing games on different systems for a while so yeah, it's a cool idea though, and I like the look of it. That's it is. Nice. It's nice, and it's it's cool that there's a, a market for um, kind of retro aesthetic. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, along the lines of those like restrictions things. Is it not um, sort of like I don't know what you call them? Is it game jams? Yeah, we yeah. have to work under a certain like size limit or something. Uh, well, the rules of game jams tend to vary depending yeah, no, on what you're doing. Specific but... ones where like where you have to work under like a certain. Uh, your game has to be under a certain size. Sure. I think, I know, like, didn't Notch do a bunch of them? Yeah, he did, yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, they I, were really cool. Like, really, really minimalist games. Um, and that that's a really cool idea. I did that one that was on, like, a browser-based one. It was, like, Game of Life or something like that. Yeah. Um, also, I guess there's a lot of it in music, isn't there? There's, like, a lot of... I guess Chiptune is working within... Or working, like, with the actual hardware old consoles to make yeah. music. So, I mean, like, you guys are talking about uh, game jams, like, this These this is uh, a list of the current game jams 
That's a lot. But yeah, I mean, because this is, uh, I've just shown the guys the Itch.io uh, Game Jam calendar again, which I'll post a link to in the show notes. Um, in terms of Game Jams, it's... Is that worldwide then, that calendar? It is worldwide, but right. also Game Jams don't need to be in one location. You can do online oh, Game Jams and collaborate that way. Quite a lot of them are um, yeah. online-based. Uh, I mean, the, the only one I've really worked uh, on myself or worked at myself was um, Global Game Jam. Like I participated in that to to work on a game with some people, and that was uh, locally based. But in terms of um, the rules that they had, they had uh, so the main rule is that you have to complete something within the time frame of yeah. two two and a half days. Um, but also they have modifiers like uh, bonus points if your game has zero dialogue, um, so that anyone can play it. Like it's you only ever use like visuals to. Um, to cue the player, um, but yeah, I I imagine there's there's a lot of like game jams that will have like retro rules, like develop a game within the constraints of the mm-hmm. the NES um, game engine. Yeah, yeah. it's like a game jam that you can only develop for the Atari Jaguar. Yeah, I, I mean, you probably have a very niche audience, but it's it's, like it's a game still jam a thing. where you can only use half the buttons on the controller. Oh my god. Like yeah. one side of the buttons or one side of the controller? Half of the buttons. A game jam specifically only. So like if there was ten buttons you could only use five of them. Okay. Like the D-pad and one button. <laughs> with the NES you can only use two directions and B. Oh no. If it's a full QWERTY keyboard. Can you just use Wasad? No, you're not allowed to use a PC because PC gamers are entitled pieces of shit. That's a oh, joke, no. I'm sorry PC gamers. Oh, no. I'm, I own a PC. I'm not sorry. <laughs> <laughs> So, this is, this sorry, this is what happens. to our podcast. <laughs> we should make a game jam for dead consoles, but it's just the Wii U. Because the Wii U is dead. That would have to be, let's make a game jam for consoles that were completely disowned by their um, manufacturers, yeah. despite being a legitimately alright piece of hardware. Yeah, the, the Wii U. It's a shocking. We came at this conclusion earlier, me and Liam were talking on Facebook, and we came to the conclusion that Nintendo murdered the Wii U. They basically did. They crippled it like right out of the gate. Yeah. Like they didn't even by not releasing any decent games for it. Exactly. Nintendo yeah. didn't back their own horse. Nothing. Yeah. Like they they expected third party uh, developers to take the risk on it. Take a risk on a what was essentially a new piece of hardware with yeah. new um, new devices, like new gimmicks. It would, there was people say like the Wii U failed for these reasons and mm-hmm. not like but none of the reasons were that the Wii U was a bad piece of hardware. No. It was a like I liked the gimmick on the Wii U. Yeah. Like, Nintendo Nintendo knew better than anyone as well how to use that gimmick. Because they did um, Nintendo Land and they did uh, Wario, Game & Wario. That was what excited me because we, like, when um, our friend Megan got the Wii U in Nintendo Land we went into hers and played it and was like, oh, this could be really cool. And I bought one within like a couple of weeks of yeah. playing Nintendo Land. And, I was and like, this great. is going to be great. And it was not great and I only owned five games for it. Here's the thing, right? I was talking to Liam about like, the games that that system will be remembered for. Right? Xenoblade X which is, a, I've never played it, but I've been told reliably it's a very good RPG. Wonderful Xenoblade 101. X. Wonderful 101, which is great. Bayonetta 2, excellent. Really great game. Was that um, system exclusive? System exclusive. All these are system exclusive so far. Okay. F- uh, fourth one, Shin Megami Tensei versus Fire Emblem. Not played a game, but I've heard it's a quiet taste, but if you, if you like that kind of game, it's very good. Mm. None of those are developed by Nintendo, right? Yeah. Four great games, probably which the system will be remembered for, but you can you have to own a Wii U to play, right? 
Now, let's go over the Nintendo exclusive games, right? Super Mario 3D World. Yep. A good Mario game, but in no way a flagship system game. The thing is, like, recent Mario games, I don't, they're not consoles. No. Because you're not getting anything new. Like, they're... They're going back to the well constantly. They just feel like they're imitating Super Mario 3 all the time. And it sucks because, like, I know that we, we know that Nintendo can do better than that. Super Mario Galaxy is a great game. No, no Zelda game. No, no Zelda. Breath of the Wild is not a Wii U game. You can tell, you can tell me that it's coming out the Wii U. That's not a Wii U game. No, no way is that a Wii U game. It's, it's the same with like, was it um, Twilight Princess when it was coming out on the? Oh, it came, came out in like a weird like the Wii, both. but it was also backported yeah, to GameCube, the GameCube. And it was yeah. actually the GameCube. You want to play it in GameCube because you don't want to have to hasp, like bother with the wagon. Yeah. But like, uh, what else is like uh, Star Fox? It's we did nothing new with Star Fox. They remade like, Star Fox sixty four. That's what the new Star Fox game is. Sorry, um, but yeah, um, they remade Star Fox sixty four uh, with motion controls, and you can't turn the motion controls off. You have to play the game with motion controls, right? right? Which is, I mean, that's kind of. Not flat. allowing people to change the controls is counterintuitive, and it has um, implications for accessibility. Yeah, yeah. P- people that um, are maybe disabled uh, or have um, uh, issues with like the way they hold controls, yeah. like um, that that could have serious implications for how they play the game. The uh, what else did they bring? Out? There is no Metroid game for the system. No, 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 no Animal Crossing game. game. No Animal Crossing. There's Animal Crossing. No, no, there's a board game. Oh, isn't thing. it? It's not an Animal Crossing game. It's not game, really an Animal Crossing game, no. Um, no, there's no title which showed that Nintendo had any confidence in their own system. No. Like, I don't understand what they were doing and what they were thinking. All, all of their, like... Well, they went where the money is because all of their big titles came out for the 3DS. Mm. Yeah. Like, anything that anyone was excited about, it came out on the 3DS. Which makes sense if you're a third-party developer. Yeah. Not if you're Nintendo, because mm-hmm. Nintendo should be the ones the taking, trail, yeah, yeah, taking they, the lead. They kind of got the opposite problem that Sony has. Yeah, like with their PS Vita. Well, like, Sony did the exact same thing to the Vita. Yeah, here's this great piece of kit. We're yeah, we're, we're going to develop for the yeah. PlayStation. Yeah. So like you guys can use this or do whatever you want. Why would anyone take a risk on a console that the manufacturer doesn't believe can sell? units or sell games the only reason and that's that's probably why as well like one of the first things that they announced about the, the Switch was how many people were supporting it yeah. they, had, they had this like wall of logos for all the companies yeah. that were going to be developing but the, the thing is right they did Vita this, had that as well didn't they, they yeah they did the same with the Vita and the same with the Wii U this sure. is not any different they were like here's all these people who are going to develop for the system yeah. until but, these people come out and say this is what we're developing yeah. it's meaningless yeah like, don't, don't get me wrong like I wasn't saying that that, no, was, yeah, that was going to set it in but the like the, the thing is, ease, but it doesn't work. again, like right out the bat, uh, off the bat, nothing concrete from Nintendo. No, absolutely. apart from the Zelda game, which is maybe delayed again. Yeah, according to rumor. Um, so right. there's no major Zelda title. Uh, no, no major Nintendo title must have on launch, as far as we can tell from the Switch. Not yeah. that we'd know what is coming out on launch. This this console is coming out in less than half a year, and we don't know anything that's coming out for it. That's that's very concerning. Bethesda have said they're not developing Skyrim yeah, for it. They, so. they gave them footage of Skyrim, which they used in the trailer, yeah. to heavily insinuate that console can play Skyrim. That might have shifted some units. Not many, not many, but might have. Then Bethesda came and said, yeah, we're not actually making Skyrim for it, but we'd like to if they want us to. Regardless of your feelings on the console itself, like it's not going to go anywhere if they don't 
The, they, they really need to back it. They need to properly back it. It's the content that you... That's the important bit. Like, it's incredible. I don't know what Nintendo were thinking with the Wii U. From the day... I, I don't know if we've ever spoke about it on the podcast when it was released, the Wii U. Uh, were, you, were you there? You were on the bus, I think, maybe. Yeah. And me, Megan, and Chris were watching E3 in uh, my mum's living room. Oh, that's right, and yeah. it was, like, it was the Project Cafe announced which was like this is when they're going to reveal what Project Cafe is and before this the uh, it's the same with the Switch no one knew what it was going to be uh, there was rumours as to what it was going to be so we're all sitting crowding like sitting around my mum's living room watching this Dave is on the bus uh, which is an important thing to remember so they reveal it the trailer comes on uh, and it ends and we're all shouting and none of us know what it is it's like what is it is it a console or is it a controller for the Wii? Yeah. Because they didn't show the console itself. They just showed the controller. They didn't mention the console itself. They just showed the controller. Yeah. So we're all there like, is it a new controller for the Wii? Is that what it is? Because this is what it looks like. Or is it a new console? Yeah. And then Dave's there wanting to know what it was because we're updating Dave over Facebook Messenger because he's on the bus on the way to hang out with us and see CE3. So yeah. he wants to, to know what the new information is. He's like, what is it? What is it? And we're like, we don't know. We can't tell you what it is. Yeah. And then my mum came through. She came through and was like, why are you all shouting? Are you okay? It's like, oh, no, we're just, we're just drunk and confused as to what Nintendo have just announced. So like, that's their big reveal and nobody knows what they revealed. No. And like they, that's that set the tone for the entire console. Is like nobody knows what it's supposed to be, nobody knows what to do with it. It's nice, but you know what to do with it. I think I play Wii games on it more than I play Wii U games. Have you guys heard uh, the rumored uh, RRP of the two hundred quite right? Yeah, yeah. That's like fair price. That's a pretty. That's a pretty good price. That's a great price. It's a pretty cheap graphics tablet. Yeah. Um. 200 quid. What is in it then? Um, the, the rumour I've heard that like this this goes back to like, over a year ago though is that it may run some form of Android fork but whether or not that's the case I don't know because obviously like they've got into bed with uh, DNA and all that kind of thing recently yeah. um, so they're heavily into mobile but I don't know if that's that's obviously meant to run concurrently with what they're doing. If the switch fails and that is a possibility that we need to look at if the Switch fails, mobile development could be the contingency plan. I would think, like... I mean, because there's so many great Nintendo IPs, they'll they'll also probably, if they were to draw, withdraw from the oh, yeah. console market, you'd be developing for other consoles, right? You'd yeah, no, absolutely. You'd totally. that they I mean, wouldn't just Sega go did. straight to mobile. Sega fucked it up, didn't they, though? Can we agree on that? Like, yeah. Sega fucked up. They're only recently starting to redeem themselves, but I yeah, mean, they, they fucked up. It's... It's quite alarming to me how like quickly they died. Sega. Like, yeah. Well, like, do you know what it was? It was the, the Dreamcast was a fantastic console. Like the Dreamcast great, was great, but great it just, arcade games for it. Yeah. But I think they messed up because it, like, it was so easy to pirate. Or there was a, I think there was a, 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 a yeah. bunch of issues with the Dreamcast. Was it more expensive? It was quite expensive. It wasn't as powerful as the PS2. That was it, that, that was it. Um, Sony marketing for the PlayStation 2 was don't buy the Dreamcast we've got something better coming out just later on why spend your money on the Dreamcast now when you can wait a while and get something newer from us so that that wasn't the main reason for it but it was multiple reasons why the Dreamcast failed was it came out in a weird ill-defined like you know 
gap between the two it, generations. Yeah, it wasn't and so Sonny said, Sonny yeah. said, the next generation is coming. This isn't part of the next generation. It's premature. Oh, We've got yeah. something. But actually, you know, um, and then there was a whole bunch of weird stuff. The, um, Shake my fist at UPS. Yeah, but that that in itself didn't kill Sega. What killed Sega is they then were like, right, we'll we're withdraw from the console market. Let's just take all of our great IPs and develop them for other people's consoles. Yeah. What should we do first? Let's only ever develop Sonic the Hedgehog and forget all of these great titles. And then they're like, who likes Sonic the Hedgehog? And everyone's like, we like Sonic the Hedgehog. And then like two years, like, you know, Multiple games later, it's like, who likes Sonic the Hedgehog? Nobody. Nobody likes Sonic the Hedgehog. And so it'd be the same if Nintendo do it. It would be the same as if they came out and then only developed Super, Super Mario Bros. titles. Yeah. And never developed anything no else. No Zelda, no Star Fox, no Metroid. Which isn't that much different from what they're doing now, really, is it? The thing They've is, just got their own console to do it on. The thing is, though, like they, they do have other, like, especially in UI, like uh, the Yakuza IP. Yeah. Which does oh, really yeah, yeah. well in Japan, but they, they only release like every sort of second game. Well, I think there's like a cotton on that they're popular elsewhere. Yeah. Like yeah. it's the same with um, Square Enix have recently realised that well we do want more games than just the Final Fantasy games. Yeah. We want all that weird shit you've got going on as well. Give us that, we'll have it. Yeah. I mean like, Yakus has gotta do okay in the West, right? It's oh, completely yeah, yeah. exotic for Westerners to have to, to like to see this Japanese crime syndicate. Yeah. They're great games, like um, yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they just need to be marketed better, because things like Sleeping Dogs did all right. You know, yeah. It's people want that sort of th- those you know crime game. Yeah, it's basically yeah. just it's, similar to you know people like Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, I haven't so, spoken to Johnny about it as well. Like he's um, he's going to play through. He's going to catch himself up with the Yakuza series, and he's going to join us in one of the podcasts. Well, he, he he loves Zero comes kind of games. And yeah. he's a big fan of Sleeping Dogs as well. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, so, and it's the same with things like uh, Square didn't think Bravely Default would sell well in the West. Mm. And it sold gangbusters. And, yeah, Bravely Default, um, things like that. I think Bravely Default was one of the big catalysts where they were like, oh, we should localize more games. Yeah. And it's even like Nintendo have been, like how long have people been saying, hey, Nintendo, we want, like, was it Mother... Mother, Mother, Mother 3, 3 and stuff like that, and Nintendo are just like the only time they've ever referenced it, they openly mocked people. Yeah, they were like, Mother Three on one of their directs. They basically said it's never coming out over here. Like we know you want it, don't give a fuck. Why would you do that? Thanks, Treehouse. I have no idea. Yeah, Nintendo Treehouse are another 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 topic for perhaps another time. But well, there's they some have, dirt they on have, them. They have open contempt for their audience, yeah. effectively. Also, they they um, it's it's cool to hate your audience, though, right? Oh, of course, absolutely, yeah, it's great. <laughs> Nintendo Treehouse in particular have been accused of like being fast loose with translation, right. or like um, being like too creative right. with translation. Uh, you can ask transcribe presumably. We can, we can those, talk to Johnny about this when he's on as well. Actually, there's those um, like memes. Yeah, like they they add a lot of like um, contemporary meme, uh, memes and internet culture into their games. And people go quite upset about it, and like, and one of the new Fire Emblem games, I can't, like, I can't remember what they're called, but the mm. newest ones, fam, they're called Fire Emblem F in Japan and all that. Um, but like, people are making comparisons between the Japanese and the English versions, and there are parts where an entire section of dialogue are cut out so they can make a funny comment. And it's like you're cutting at characterization to make a funny meme joke. The thing is, that's, that's not that's good. Localization shouldn't be. Here is the direct translation oh, of what no, this no. game is. Um, and so 
you're allowed to take liberties. Yeah, no, absolutely. If what you are, um, the change is to better communicate yeah. the original meaning of the game. Yes. But what they're doing is they're t- using that freedom to Just add their own that. stuff to the game. Yeah. They're not the writers. Like if you're localizing something, yeah, it's cur- it's a creative job, and you are a part of that game in that you are interpreting that game yeah. for people. That's important. Your job is not to write a joke and put that joke in no, that game. No, because you that, are, that's, yeah. that's a personal decision to do that. Yeah. To, if you yeah. take out something that is perhaps deep and meaningful and you're like, lol, cats. Yeah. Um, yeah, you can completely ruin I mean, the experience for someone. If the, if there is a joke... It, it, not only that, not only yeah. does it like change that part of the game, it changes the whole nature of the game. Yeah. It changes any implications. If there is a dialogue, joke yeah. that doesn't work in English, though, and you write a different joke in its place... That is localization. Yeah, that yeah. is what you're supposed to yeah. be doing. If you like, if you take a bit out because you're like, oh, Western audiences won't get this. Yeah, and then you you just don't replace it with anything, and then yeah. that, that creates a gap. Yeah, yeah, and and even then, like, you have to even then you have to really draw a line because imagine if it was a movie, you want to have the original intent of the movie, and part of like that is you experience other cultures through media, <laughs> so. <laughs> If the joke falls flat completely and nobody would understand or comprehend it, that's fine. But if it's a joke, you're like, oh, maybe they wouldn't find that as funny because they wouldn't get these nuances or whatever. I think you should still leave that in because you're that. That is how you experience. You know, you can't always go places. Like ninety percent of experiencing other cultures is through television and through movies and games yeah. and books and yes, yeah, it's, it's through media. media and so I just I think that's unacceptable to. It is, yeah. To, to, to localize a game in that way, it, it's also it's very much of a time that we tend to think that we've moved on from. Yeah, where like five parts of sex and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, it's, like, you, uh, you look at it, it's like um, it's essentially censorship. Yeah, or is it the it's the the saga games? Is it saga? Uh, the like romancing saga and stuff. Yeah, uh, the original games for them when they were localized elsewhere were localized as. Final Fantasy Legends, yeah, because nobody wants romance in Saga or whatever it was, and then also on the Game uh, Boy, yeah, yeah, yeah. So those those, were, those games weren't great. No, but those games were a different game. Yeah, it changed them. But um, that, I mean, that's the thing. Like you, t- yeah. you talk about like, um, or we, we spoke about things being lost in translation. Like I yeah. played them expecting a Final Fantasy game, but they're not, and they're not. They they weren't Final Fantasy games because so, they're not. So Final I had Fantasy a different games. expectation. Yeah. Um, uh, whereas if there was something different, then, yeah. And another one. This is this is I think a crime. Um, so I've recently gotten into. I mean, I've oh, I've played Dragon Quest before, and I've been aware of it. But recently, I've been very interested in Dragon Quest from a collecting point. I started collecting Dragon Quest games, um, and so I bought. Uh, I think uh, well, one of the Dragon Quest games, the first one, I think, in when it was localized in America, Dragon Warrior, right? Dragon Warrior, and the cover is this really generic, trashy, uh, sort of like um, pulp fiction cover yeah. of this guy f- muscle bound guy fighting a dragon and it's very western fantasy and I'm like when most of the Japanese art is done by Akira, Akira Toriyama, Toriyama. Yeah. Yeah, right? so it's Dragon so, Ball it's yeah, really so, quite playful and colourful yeah so we've got this great art with character and you know it's unique and it's well known in Japan at least at the time I don't know how well known he was outside of Japan maybe that's part of it so you've got this really unique interesting and attractive art you know kids would love it mm. and then over here in the west you've got this bog standard 
thing that would not stand out on the shelf because every other NES game sure. has that art of the yeah. time. Stop it's, it's, fantasy, it sounds more yeah. like the Atari art yeah. that you used to get yeah. on the front covers yeah, where it's yeah, like yeah. beautiful hand-painted. Yeah. It's the same scene that is depicted because on the Akira Toriyama art, it's a guy fighting a dragon. But it, you can picture the dragons that he would draw. You know, you'd see the dragons, yeah, yeah. that kind of thing. And you and can the, presumably the, send me a photo that I can add yeah, to the post uh, as yeah, well. Yeah, I'll do that and I'll send the, the cover for the other one as well. And then you've, it's just... It's so generic and boring. And it's like that you think of that as being of that era. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. In games where uh, you you weren't really expected to want to play games from another country. Yeah, or to exactly, be aware yeah. of the, the cultural differences. They'd be like, well, we need to make it look American, otherwise people won't buy it. Whereas I think now we think because you have this diversity yeah and it gives people like more yeah. choice yeah. yeah so you're moving beyond um, that so for for Nintendo to be doing that I think it's just backwards well here's another thing about what Treehouse are like there was a recent update to one of the Animal Crossing games for 3DS it might be Happy Home Designer I believe um, where they basically openly mock people that scrutinise translation Okay. Um, like I'm oh, not... I, oh, right. Okay. Sorry. 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 Keep going. I yeah. that just really bugs me there because it's almost like uh, another attack on you know intelligence. Like it's. Oh no! Totally. Is that there was basically well, like, I can't remember the exact dialogue, but it's basically just saying is like the character that you're talking to is like yeah, I will only buy things if it's uh, absolutely accurate to my um my like to the Nihongo and all that kind of thing. It's it's like oh, fuck off. Honestly, but like the thing is, well, it completely like they're misconstruing the argument that people are making mm-hmm. because they're saying, oh, people are getting bitchy because it's not exactly correct. And it's like, no, that's not what people are annoyed about. People are annoyed because, you know, you're not faithfully re- interpreting it. Yeah. So you can change yeah. it. Nobody wants it to be, oh, well, in the Japanese, technically he said this, and in this you're saying it's slightly different. You know, it's, it's not really the same. You know, it's like saying he opened the door furiously would be the original Japanese yes. uh, but in this he, it would be like he angrily swung the door open you know it's not like a a, a, a pedantic but in a, change it's, and a treehouse game would be like he kicked like, the door open like a boss or something yeah. like that and it's like where, whereas like you're you're missing now that he's furious you yeah. know you're you're losing the actual thing that the meaning in the subtext yeah. yeah yeah. so You're because they want to make it in a stupid meme yeah. that nobody yeah. finds funny after a couple you know like but the thing is, is that, that means that if people go back to this it's like why is this here it doesn't make sense yeah. Yeah. Meme, memes are very um, specific to the time that they're published yeah, yeah and they're very obnoxious after a certain amount of time as well yeah, yeah so like um, almost immediately nowadays yeah uh, and it's just like the 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 insulting part is they didn't even make the game. Like, I mean, they are involved That's, in the creative process of that game yeah. in a way, but but they're, they're destroying being, yeah, someone's work. They're being disrespectful. It's like, um, you know, they should be. It's just it makes you mad. Like, yeah, they, they should. You should have like a more respect for respect the, through, like, the work that people have put into it. It feels like they've they now have this sort of idea. It's like, well. Japan makes the games, but we we really make them for the West. Yeah, it's like it's like that's not really what you should like. You are doing that kinda, but you need to know, like you need to know where you stand here. It's like this is not how this should really be working. You're you're not like it is a creative job, but they're not oh, no, part. Of, they're not part of the creative process 
to make that piece of art. No. It's like um, it's like if somebody was describing the Mona Lisa to you, and he was like, "Yeah, and she's playing with her nipples." You know, it's like it's like what? No, it's, it's, it's almost like, like you. Need I'm sorry, to have... is she actually playing with her nipples, or are you just telling me that because you think it's funny? You know, it's it's almost like you need to have um, if they don't already mm. two steps to the process where someone is like raw translating it in Japanese, and then someone else with like uh, linguistic skills yeah. and or, or contextualize like it, yeah. yeah contextualize it I mean because you don't want it to be a, a direct translation or anything no because no, then you get saying oh read like the the Google Translate or, or the Odyssey have you read them where it's just like bits yeah like there's no colour in that language at all there's it's, a good example of a game that's like that the Asian English translation of Dead or Alive Extreme Beach Volleyball 3 <laughs> <laughs> not I've, I've played demo and um, again on the advice of our friend Johnny well, no, actually, no. It's his wife, Carly, that plays Dead or Alive. Shout um, out to Carly. Shout out to Carly. We love you, Carly. Oh, um, but, um, <laughs> but, like, it's so direct. It's right. like everything is just like, go here, do this. Hey, isn't this sexy? And all that kind of thing. And it's like, I can tell this is exactly what the actual Japanese is. Oh, like, the actual Japanese plays. Because, you know, like, Japanese grammar's got that very distinct way it does things. Yeah. yeah. Like, and it. Totally it doesn't dress like, things up. It's no. quite direct. It's like, um,. It feels exactly like that, and you're like, they've obviously got somebody that is like, maybe like Hong, a Hong Kong native to translate this directly from Japanese. Yeah. Um, and like that's fine, but like the game has no flavour to it. Like obviously in Japanese it would have flavour. Like obviously you've got things that can dress up the language a bit and all that, but that doesn't translate to English. So it feels very direct and a bit sterile, and obviously the, the visuals and all that make up for the sterility of the dialogue, but. Um, it feels very flat, unlike the girls in the game. <laughs> but yeah, um, fuck Nintendo Treehouse. <laughs> Pieces of shit. Uh, the, uh, but no, yeah, it's not good. They do need to change that. Like, it, from a complete Nintendo, you'd expect them to have more respect for their own games. Absolutely. Yeah, it's I, they're probably it's one of these things that's probably largely misguided where they're trying to appeal to a modern audience yeah. and it's just fallen a little flat. It's it's like you know when. It's like, uh, how, how do you do, fellow kids? You know, when you... Yeah. An, an older generation tries to appeal to a younger one by, like, only half understanding. And they're missing... You like the like, Harambe, don't you? <laughs> that is fucking Harambe... Harambe, Harambe Kong. Kong. <laughs> you like Kong, don't you? Kong's out for DK. Kong's out for Diddy Kong. <laughs> the, um... Oh, man. But, yeah, I, you can tell a lot of decisions from Nintendo are, like... They're panicking, but they're trying not to show that they're panicking. Yeah. Like they don't really know what works anymore, so they're. That's how. You, I'm not saying that's they're how like, it is, but that's how it feels. They're like the yeah. guy at the. They're like the guy at the office is having an affair with three women, and he's still trying to make his tie straight in the morning. He's like, "Yeah, I'm fine. It's fine. I'm everything really fine." <laughs> um, no, but like. Um, so the guy's like, "Did you burn your lunch in the microwave?" No, no. <laughs> no it's fine. Mm, lovely, tasty. <laughs> I really like it when my soup is. Black. <laughs> <laughs> right, moving on. Yeah. From Nintendo, uh, who sometimes get things right. Is Nintendo the new Metal Gear Solid Five? Oh, oh no! We're going to talk about Nintendo every week. I watched the E3 2013 trailer earlier, and it made me really upset. I, I was almost in tears when you were playing uh, Quiet Steam. We're all still hurting inside. Oh, uh, yeah, I've got the art book for Five. Uh, it's just been dispatched. Oh yeah. Uh, pre-ordered it at the beginning of this month. All oh, right, so it's a it's been a long time willful, coming. Yeah. It's it's you're willfully hurting yourself. But I like I, also, I love art books, but also yeah. like 
Well, they are. Dave said me a piece of art. Still like good. Like they're not saying the art in this game. All the concepts and that. Yeah, the character designs and the location designs and everything. Dave, Dave sent me a piece of concept art, and it was Chico. Yeah. Oh, um, it was amazing. The, yeah, it looked like, really awesome. Yeah, yeah. So Why was this not in the game? Uh, yeah, to put that in the show I suppose that's a total tangent for people that haven't played Metal Gear either. No, but, but like, it's like it, you can you can feel where this probably fit into the game at some point. Like, yeah, that's the, the worst, whole thing about revenge and all that. Kind that's of the thing. worst part of Metal Gear Solid Five is you can see what he wanted to do, yeah, and what he couldn't do, and it it's like you'll never get that. No, you'll never have the game that you should have been, and that's what's so painful about it is all of the marketing marketed that game. Yeah. And so you were, you know, you were so close to having what you thought was going to be one of the best games ever. And it just isn't. No. It's, um, it's like the, the shell of a very, very good game. No. And I've said before, I don't know if I've said it on the podcast, but the way I felt before Metal Gear Solid Five and the certainty I had yeah. for how good that game was going to be and the hype is yeah, all yeah. happening again. And I know... That's how I feel about Final Fantasy Fifteen. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm just praying that game is good because if it's not, I could just be done. <laughs> well, for one thing, Final Fantasy Fifteen we know is a finished product that has pretty much everything right. they wanted to put into it, so that's a good start to things. Did you and, have a topic uh, for us? And yet, Metal Gear Solid is still here just to suffer as a pachinko game. Um, oh, I, saw I, I wanted to talk about Persona briefly. Oh, okay. Um, so Persona's uh, release date has slipped to April. Well, really now, if from, any game from has a release date, you might as well tack on another couple of months. Yeah, that's, that's just that's just it now, isn't it? I, I think I can I can suffer that because yeah. it gives me more time to play other games. Well, like it's the thing, like Final Fantasy, again back to Final Fantasy Fifteen. Sorry, but for two seconds, Final Fantasy Fifteen was delayed for all the right reasons. Like, but I pre-ordered that like, so long ago. I know. Like, oh, well, we've been waiting like ten two years. two weeks. <laughs> um, but like. Uh, so Persona being delayed, it's not being delayed because the, you know, it's being delayed for the right reasons. You would hope. Yeah. Like, well, I, I think there's going to be so much that they have to localize in yeah. the game. Because uh, they want it to be good. Just so, yeah. Um, so I think I mean I'm not I'm not looking forward to or anticipating Persona Five. Not because I don't like it. I will play it and buy it. I played three and four. Great games. So. Yeah, I mean, uh, games are delayed all the time, and yeah. usually I wouldn't bring it up, but it was more specifically, Persona 5 was my most anticipated game of 2016, mm. which I, I published, like, you know, that was that, that was a thing, and now I, I don't know if it's fair, because we'll be doing the the best of yeah. 2016 soon enough, and I don't know if it's fair to put that as the most anticipated game of 2017. Yes. Yeah. Because... But, but is there, there's, there's new games now to contend. Well, if it's still your most anticipated game, I guess it is your most anticipated game, and it's still your most anticipated game of twenty sixteen. That's not false because it didn't come. Oh out no, 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 yeah, absolutely. So it's still yeah. true then, and so if it's still true now, it reflects well on how excited you are for that game and how good it looks. Yeah. So if there's nothing that's coming out now that you are anticipating more than Persona Five, Persona Five is still definitely your most anticipated game. It'll be this, this, this genuine, this. Disingenuous. disingenuous to say that it isn't yeah you're, like, you're very true you should, you, should, you should be true like honestly to say that is what I'm most anticipated for and people I, mean, I, I don't know that it is I'd have, I'd have to like figure out what um, what's coming out because there yeah. are there are a lot of things that have been pushed back yeah. to so like one. reassess it 
as long as you give it thought, then it's fair enough to say this is still my most anticipated. Uh, game. Like we've discussed it, we're going to do a, a, a retrospective 2016 yeah. soon enough as well. So like we'll get to hear all of all of our favorite because um, there's a whole bunch and... of stuff that would have happened this year that would have happened before there's the podcast. A lot came. of stuff that happened this year. Yeah, I mean, uh, spoilers like. Uh, Dark Souls 3 has been much better for me than I expected. So Dark Souls 3 is a great game. Such Dark a Souls 3 is, um, I think, people, myself mostly, would say that I was expecting something a little bit stale. Right. Th- third game in a, a series that, uh, you know, it, you can't stray the, the too can't, far yeah. away from what Dark Souls is because that is a big part of what people want from Dark Souls is Dark Souls. It doesn't so, change much mechanically. Yeah. yeah, so you're there like, how can they innovate without straying too far from the main, the core concept without it getting stale? So I was like, well, that's going to be really hard. So I was ex- expecting it to be, Dark Souls 2 never really felt great for me. Like, mm-hmm. it didn't, so I was like, this game's going to be good because it's Dark Souls, but it's not going to be exciting because it'll be stale. But actually, it felt new again, the whole thing. And it's still Dark Souls in every way. Oh, absolutely. It's yeah, a yeah. really good game. Um, I think I put Bloodborne slightly higher. Bloodborne's excellent. Bloodborne's, Bloodborne's really, really totally, good. Yeah. I, I would disagree. But um, I, I think Bloodborne's much more eldritch than yeah. um, than fantasy. I've never really. said Bloodborne. Bloodborne, Bloodborne is a different game in, in the... It's much more Different expensive. setting and a different... Like, the mechanics are similar, but they've taken a completely different approach to it yeah it's a much more aggressive game yeah Bloodborne really innovated I yeah. think with the as while still staying true to the Souls concept um, but they broke a few more rules I think they felt like they could break a few more rules by mm-hmm. not calling it a Souls game because you see like Demon Souls is just Dark Souls yeah I totally agree yeah um, um, so yeah 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 okay um, so I'm just going to do a quick announcement. Um, IGDA are having their annual general meeting in Edinburgh this what week. What is an IGDA? Uh, Independent Games Developer uh, Association? Association, I think. I think that's a, a complete fluke, a complete guess uh, on my part. Um, they're having their yearly meeting in Edinburgh this week. Um, it's worth popping along to if you're interested in game development. Uh, there will be a pub quiz. There will be a raffle. Um, it's free entry. You there's pizza. You can speak to game developers. You can network. You can view the voting for the the new board members. Um, so yeah, I, I just want to do a shout out for that really. Cool. Uh, I will post details along with this podcast, which should be published on the day of the meeting. So if you're listening to this on Tuesday, uh, yeah, uh, register for your <laughs> free ticket. Well, if, if you're listening on Tuesday morning, register for your free ticket and get along. Huh? Cool. Um, so what about this? Are we doing the competition this week? Because I'll have my Yes. Quote. Well, before before you go to your um, poorly remembered game quote, uh, I think... We should set ourselves a deadline next week for our, our bargain digital bargain title. Digital. I'll get a digital title by then. I'll yeah. I've, I've got one already. So. Yeah. Have you had a chance to play some? Uh, yeah, a little bit, but I'll obviously play more during the week. So cool. What was fair. the platform? It's the, platform. the yeah the genre this time, or the, the, the topic or the theme is platformer. Okay. Uh, I've, I've got my, my game on Steam for less than a tenner, so I've been playing through that. It's a cave story. Yes. 
Great. You just told us what you're gonna play. <laughs> um, but uh, no, I didn't. I might not. Uh, but um, depends how much it costs, right? It does depend how much it costs. I, I spoke to Ashley as well. She might take part. Yeah. Um, she's not here, obviously, this week. She's in the next room. So if we shout loud enough, she could answer. <laughs> um, oh it, it also, I guess, like it doesn't really matter if you already own it. Yeah. Uh, it's more a case of how much can the listeners get. Can it be obtained for now? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, no, I'll have a look. I'll do a definitely. It'll be interesting. It'll be fun. Um, Sweet. What is your quote, Dave? So my quote for poorly remembered video game quote is, "Your grandmama's mama." Your grandmama's mama. That's right. Your grandmother's mama. You should oh, probably know what that's from. I think from. it's. I know what it's from. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure I do, but I I, I don't want to speculate on air. Cool. Um, that's what it is. If you know it, drop us a tweet. Leave a message in the comments. Um, as always. Uh, details will be on azarin.com for this podcast if you want to get any more information. We have a cool thumbnail for the podcast now, thanks to Liam. Yeah, but... It won't be used on SoundCloud. It won't be used on SoundCloud, no. Oh, we'll see it one day. We've, we've got some new art. We've got a few things happening with the podcast and the site in general that will roll out in the next couple of months. Please look forward to it. Please yes, look please subscribe to, to our YouTube channel also if you're not already. Um, oh, yeah. Follow me on Twitter. I've got a tweet. Don't follow me. There's so much information at the end of this podcast. I'm going to need to like put lots of links in the show notes on azarin.com. Oh, yeah. Oh. The website where you can find this. That's our website. Yeah. I'm going to bed. Yeah, it's, it's uh, after midnight as we record this. So it's now Sunday. Yeah. Hey. Cool. Right, everyone. Thank you for tuning in and thank you for sticking with us for as long as you have. Yeah. Catch you all later. Bye-bye. Good night. Bye. Bye. Look at this dog missing these treats. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it was a fucking tackle. You missed it. A cheese look, tackle. Look. <laughs> what is this dog? This dog can't catch with shit. Put <laughs> it the tackle. The tackle. Stop trying to catch this tackle. Next week I'm going to have a bag of Smarties and I'm just going to throw them at you. How come you can't catch a fucking Smarties? That is bullshit. A taco's much bigger than a Smarties. So, yeah, exactly. You can catch a taco in your mouth. Like, you can open your mouth wide enough to yeah, catch a taco. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs>